Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. And today we are here to talk about negotiating your offer. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. So it's that dreaded topic in the process. And uh, we're here to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. We want to talk about the things that you don't talk about with friends and with family, and you can't talk about it with your coworkers, but then you get into the job process and all of a sudden it's a central part of your conversation. And you go out there and look at different websites or different advice columns, and you're going to find 50 different kinds of advice. And so we're here to tell you what we think, because we believe there's a certain way to negotiate and get yourself the best offer around compensation while being kind and authentic and real. Amen. Because here at Real Job Talk, we believe in being kind, authentic, and real. And that's, that's what we're trying to teach and preach and walk that talk ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the big question, the question that people ask and are negotiating. And honestly, I just heard today that if you go on Twitter, there are people like, if you don't tell your comp, you win. Okay. Our, our producer, mm-hmm. at Jay Troyer, wanted us to make sure to cover this. Yes. So. So Kat, guess what? You don't freaking win. No. Do you talk about comp, Cat? You talk about it as soon as the recruiter asks you. And if it's a good recruiter, they're going to ask you in your first conversation. So let's just get that out right away. You're not, it's not a game here. Mm-mm. You don't want to game this whole process. You want to be clear on what you want and you want to be able to communicate it clearly as soon as it's asked. Do not play a game of chicken here. And I will tell you that if you play the game of chicken and for those candidates that I've had that have never wanted to talk comp because they've said, let's see your offer and I'll tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. Their offer has been lower every single time. If they even got an offer. Well, yeah, there's Because that. if a candidate said that to me, I'd be at the hiring manager saying, you've got a problem here. Mm-hmm. You have a candidate who's not transparent. And if they're not transparent as a candidate, they're not going to be transparent as an employee. But I will tell you that sometimes it's a culture thing. And right. sometimes it's just someone has been burned or whatever. And so they say, I want to see your best offer. And so I'm not going to talk comp, but I will give them the lowest end of the range because I have no idea where I'm going to have to end up. And they gave me nothing. So I start low. And then maybe they're like, oh, but I'm making $30,000 more than that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you should have said it from the beginning. And it's just so much easier Mm -hmm. from the get-go to share what you want. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, there's been a big change in the last couple of years in in the process. It's certainly in the state of California and New York Mm -hmm. in that, it's not legal to ask salary history anymore. Yep. Can't do so it. That, that changes the game. So mm-hmm. that's that's actually probably a good thing for candidates, especially if you're if you're under market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to say what you're currently earning, but you do some research mm-hmm. to find out what the appropriate salary level is for your experience. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to say that's what you want. Absolutely. So I've never really asked, what are you making now? Because I've always thought it was irrelevant. So I was very progressive. But what I always asked was, what would you be looking for in your next job? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll say, well, let me tell you what I'm making now. Great. I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to know when you're going into the interview process, 
I think it's really important to know what it's going to take for you to sign on the dotted line and ask for that. Absolutely. There's no advantage to you to holding that information back. As I said before, it's a disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. I get excited when we talk about money. (laughs) But I also think that it's really important for you to know your worth in the market. So if you know that you are a salesperson at the Gap, and you know that where you're living, salespeople at the Gap with no experience are making $12 an hour and with a ton of experience are making $20 an hour and you've got four years of experience, you should know that you can easily ask for $15, $16 an hour. You ask for $22, you are not getting the job and you're not being reasonable. I'm going to go a step further there. You, you might disagree with me, Liz. It happens occasionally. It does. You know, if you're a salesperson at the Gap, you've been a top salesperson of the gap for mm-hmm. four years, you go ahead and ask for that 20 mm. and, and you might just get it. If you're, if you really are consistently a top performer, but no, go in saying that I've always outperformed. I've, I've always exceeded my numbers. This is why I deserve above where my normal range would be. And so I think that there is a piece of knowing your value on the market. Sometimes it's, well, I had an offer from a company I'm not interested in. They were going to pay me X, even though right now I'm at Y. So you really know what your market is worth, but you also want to think about total compensation. Absolutely. It's more than just your salary or hourly in this, with this case. Mm -hmm. So Liz, Mm -hmm. What is your best advice on how people figure that out? Because that's a question that I get a lot. I don't know, you know, where do I go, Kat? I mean, how do Mm -hmm. do I know what my value is? I mean, what do you say to people when they ask you that question, Liz? Well, always start with your friend, Mr. Google or Ms. Google. Um, Always look it up. Try to go to salary.com. I don't trust that stuff that much, Mm -hmm. honestly. And sometimes there you can find random salary stuff online and it depends very much on your industry and what you're doing. But my best advice is to go to peers in similar positions, which is super awkward. But mm-hmm. if I said to you, hey, Kat, I'm looking for a new job and I'm not sure what I should be asking for. I know you do the same thing as me and we're roughly the same level. What do you think I should be asking for? Or what are you making? Friend to friend, ex-colleague to ex-colleague. Okay, so do you see how she depersonalized that and didn't say, what are you making? She asked, what do you think I should be making? Mm-hmm. And that way you don't put the person on the spot by saying, what are you making? Yeah, that's good to point out. Also, Kat may say, well, I'm making this, but I also have fully paid healthcare where I don't have to pay a dime for myself and my family. I have a 5% match in my 401k. I get $100 a month in commuter benefits and I get my gym membership. That's what I was going to say. And the work gym is amazing. Woo! <laughs> and all of that stuff adds up yeah. so much and cannot be discarded just because the base compensation isn't exactly what you were thinking. Absolutely. You want to look at total compensation and you can trust us because we're both entrepreneurs, <laughs> but we pay for our own benefits, right? So we know how much insurance costs. We know, mm-hmm. we, we understand the extras, probably more so than when mm-hmm. we weren't entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. total compensation is where it's at. You know, there's also often stock options involved. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a mature company or a startup company, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit later because there's a really big difference in those. <laughs> there's a difference in risk level there as well. Mm-hmm. 
but any kind of option situation, it's not guaranteed because even big companies, stock prices can take a dive. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, what you want before any interview is to know what you want to ask, but ask questions around total cash. What kind of benefits does the company have? Is there a bonus plan? Is this an equity play or is it just straight cash? So that you can kind of have an idea of the kind of base compensation that you would be asking for. Mm -hmm. But if there's no bonus, you're going to ask for a bigger base comp. And if there is a bonus, you have to think about it as the total cash you want to bring home in a year. And that's just something that you need to be prepared for in your head. But be open and honest in that first call. Say, I'm looking to make, and maybe you give a range, a range with a delta in it. Mm-hmm. Of I'm looking for this to this. But if you say that your low number, if they come back with that, you can't say that's insulting or something like that. You have mm-hmm. to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. So give a range that you're okay with. And also, you know, you're always in a better position to find a job when you're currently working. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep your job for as long as you can because you're just a more attractive candidate when you have a job. Mm-hmm. In terms of compensation too, you know, if you're saying bonus is coming up, so maybe I can get a sign-on bonus to cover it or something like that, you're going to be able to negotiate a better compensation package if you are currently working than if you're not. But sometimes you're looking and you're not working and maybe that cash comp number is different because you need the job versus are looking for a change and can be more picky. Mm-hmm. Know what you are going to take at the time, but also know that that number is only going to go up slightly incrementally year over year. So don't lowball yourself because then you're going to end up in a lower situation in perpetuity. I don't want to make a generalization, but I'm going to. Sure. I found, and we didn't talk about this before we started recording, (laughs) but um, I found that men would negotiate more than women Mm -hmm. as a general rule. So Mm -hmm. to you women listeners out there, please don't be afraid to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Unless, as we've talked about in past episodes, the offer comes to you, final offer, right? Mm-hmm. Best and final offer. Those, those, you know, when you hear best and final offer, then you may not want to push back. No. If you don't hear best and final offer, mm-hmm. the job search time <laughs> is, <laughs> is, especially when you're employed. Mm-hmm. This is the time when you make a move, you make a move and you make a jump. That's how people raise their compensation level. For the most part, occasionally, really, really fabulous companies mm-hmm. will occasionally see an employee's worth and will bump them up, give them a big bump because they know they don't want to lose them. Right. But that is definitely the exception to the rule. Don't you agree with me, Liz? Yeah. And we can talk about counter offers separately mm-hmm. because that's a whole different ball of wax. Mm-hmm. But what you said about best and file. So we've got a number of pro tips. And the first one is that unless they say it, that first offer is not best and final. But if they say it, it is. So you have to just take that into consideration. Always, you know, listen to that, but always know that you're expected to negotiate, especially if your role is a negotiating role. If you're in sales or Mm -hmm. any other role where you negotiate on the job, I have had companies rescind offers because the person didn't negotiate. Yeah, that's and they didn't feel like it was part of who they were. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yay. But that absolutely happens. 
So be prepared to negotiate your package, but listen if they're saying you can't negotiate. So definitely know that, you know, going into the offer process. Another thing to know that sometimes you get it from the recruiter, sometimes you get it from the hiring manager. You'll probably talk to both in the process. Know there's a good cop and a bad cop. A good company has definitely decided who's good cop and who's bad cop. Mm-hmm. Know who you're talking to, figure it out. Mm-hmm. But bad cop will say, you know, often as a recruiter, I play bad cop because I want the hiring manager to save the day. Start them off on the right foot. Yes. So I'll say, I don't know. Let me ask the hiring manager. And the hiring hiring manager comes in with the predetermined best and final and says, I got you this. Mm -hmm. We're really lifting the curtain here, people. Know that most jobs, there is room to wiggle. And know that those good cops and bad cops are on the same team and they're talking. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask for more. Worst case scenario is they say no. So many times I've seen a yes or a counter Mm -hmm. that might be somewhere between, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a negotiation. So Mm -hmm. it cannot hurt to ask Mm -mm. as long as it doesn't, it it isn't a best and final offer. So you have to be sensitive. You have to, you know, pull on that advisory board that we talk about, your personal Mm -hmm. advisory board. If you've got an offer and are not sure what to do, go talk to that person that you respect who might be a little bit more senior in your Mm -hmm. career or the person that I have a friend who's, you know, almost 10 years younger than me, who is Mm -hmm. the best negotiator I have ever come across. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman moved from the Bay Area to Boston And she got her stock options covered. (laughs) She got the sale of her house covered. I mean, she is amazing. And it's because, you know what? She's an amazing person and she Mm -hmm. knows her value. And I've I've never seen a better negotiator Mm -hmm. in my years of experience. And this is not from a candidate that I've seen. It's just watching her. Mm -hmm. And I would say you brought up a really good point about the moving costs. And that's super rare. And usually at the very executive level when things like that happen. but there are often things that you can't negotiate. You know, I always have people, can I have an extra week of vacation? Mm-mm. No, we have a three-week vacation policy. I can't give you four. Now, if maybe you're getting married or something is happening and the manager says, take that fourth week and, you know, I'll turn a blind eye. You can do something like that, but that fourth week isn't in perpetuity because you have to follow the policies of the company. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's a sign-on bonus or maybe there's an agreement on your hours. Like you have to look at what could be negotiated. And the main things that can, I think can be negotiated are base salary, sign-on bonus and equity. Yeah. equity. You cannot, but not vacation. Um, and if you are relocating, there are pieces of the relocation package that sometimes, sometimes can be negotiated. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, this is the relocation package for this type of position. And this is the relocation package for an executive position. But then sometimes you can get a sign-on bonus to cover the extra parts. Yeah. And some companies don't even have reload packages. And occasionally they might cover the cost of a U-Haul to get (laughs) you from point A to point B. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's, and that's what they do. That doesn't mean they're a bad company. It's just Mm -mm. that they they might not need to do a lot of reload, but they really mm-hmm. like the candidate. They'd like to make it work. So they'd like to, yeah. you know, make a gesture that would support the candidate. So, right. You but know, they're not going to get blue cross blue shield. Cause your doctor likes blue cross blue shield. If they don't offer mm-hmm. blue cross, 
they're not going to all of a sudden offer Blue Cross to get you. Mm -hmm. That's just not how it works. And if that's, I mean, if having sticking to your specific doctor is something you need to do, well, then you've got a special situation and you want to strategize appropriately for that special situation. And that's where working with a career coach would come in handy. And that's where your must have on your job search mm-hmm. list. Right. Back Which, to another episode. Right. We've got two episodes on job search that we, we're probably going to load these all three in a row. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen to the last two episodes because, you know, being clear on what you want is yep. is something that you want to be before you even get to this part of the process. <laughs> and comp is part of that. Absolutely. So, okay, we're on our pro tips uh, and we're thinking about our package. So ne- we've already known, we know it's not mm-hmm. the best and final. We know there's a good cop and a bad cop. We just let them play their parts and we know that things have been determined or sometimes haven't been determined behind the scenes. We know you need to be prepared to walk. If they offer you $20,000 less than what you wanted and you say, no, this is what I want, be prepared to walk. If you're making $20,000 less than what they are Mm -hmm. offering you, oh my goodness. Yeah. Do not accept that job. Mm -mm. You're taking a step back. And the whole idea with making career moves is a career progression. Mm -hmm. Except, I have an exception, Kat. Well, there are always exceptions. (laughs) Always. There are always exceptions. But talk about your exception. If you've been at big companies, you've been at a big behemoth company that keeps you fat and happy, and that is their retention tool, and you want to go to a smaller company that's more nimble, that will give you career growth. Where you can actually have more of an impact, and your ideas can be implemented with just a nod from the CEO. Mm -hmm. You're looking at maybe a startup situation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you probably will take a pay cut. Because, and this is a generalization, don't get down my throat, people, but if big companies use big money to retain their people, that is one of their biggest tools. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't want to be at big company or at a big company, you may sacrifice some base salary, some bonus. You may not have guaranteed stock. It may be more options. There are things that you give up. By, you don't have the negotiating power and benefits of giant company. Small companies have amazing benefits too, and we don't need to get fully into all that. But you really need to look at the big picture for your career. And sometimes they're going to say, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I've said to people many, many times, I can't do that. If you need all of that, you need to stay at Microsoft or Amazon or Google or one of these big companies. But what I can offer you is this in your career bucket that they can't. And a lot of upside potential too in the form totally. of stock options, right? In mm-hmm. the form of equity. It's a gamble with a with a startup. I've worked for startups that have IPO'd and have had amazing success. Mm-hmm. And I've worked for startups that were so promising and were, were a Silicon Valley sweetheart <laughs> and you know may have sold, but may not have had that big play. Mm-hmm. So it is a risk. But, yeah. but let's just be really clear here job security, it's it's not 1950. Chances are you're not going to spend 30 years at the same job. Both Liz and I would probably recommend that you don't at the same company. Especially you, not on the coasts. Yeah. Yeah. Especially not on the coasts. But again, that's where being ready before the process and having that beautiful checklist that we've talked about is important because then you know what you're willing to sacrifice. And because this is what holistically you're looking at. It goes back to knowing yourself and knowing Mm -hmm. what you need to make a move Mm -hmm. 
and being firm in that. Mm-hmm. If a company isn't going to honor that, they're not the right company for you. Yeah. And and that's a, you know, I don't know how many times I've had that conversation with people and it, you know, they're so disappointed because they have, they have an idea in their head that they want to work for a certain company mm-hmm. and, and they're willing to pretty much bend over backwards <laughs> and put themselves into a pretzel to work for that company. And, and doing all of that is not attractive. No. It's like hiring managers can smell that shit. Oh, they smell desperation. And so back to your point earlier, Kat, if you are not working, they probably won't negotiate with you because they'll be like, this is what we've got. You need us more than we need. It's kind of, and it's this mental thing that happens. I feel like where it's like, nope, can't do any more for it. Yeah. I know what you're making before, but right now you're making zero. So between zero and this, I'd take this, you know, it's a real crappy thing, frankly. Yeah. And go to go back to your point, why it's better to hold on if you can, because yeah. it just puts you in so much of a better negotiating position because you can walk mm-hmm. and, and they know that you don't need them as much. Yep. Yep. It's just, you're just in a much better position to mm-hmm. find a position when you have one. Mm-hmm. And we'll do another have, one about looking yeah. when you don't have a job. Well, we're hoping that y'all are going to send us some questions that <gasps> we can address for you specifically, because that's mm-hmm. what we are pretty excited about with this podcast. Yes. Yes. We want to answer your actual questions, not wonder what your questions might be. So what are some other pro tips, Kat, that we have not given? So we're encouraging you to ask for what you want, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to be willing to understand that when you ask, Mm -hmm. they say no. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you're clear on what it is that you are, what your bottom line is, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're asking for something above your bottom line and you're still interested in the job, it's okay to ask and they say no. Mm-hmm. And if, if everything else, you know, lines up, it's still okay to move forward with that job. Mm-hmm. So don't be like a dog with a bone, <laughs> <laughs> right? How, I mean, Liz is laughing because we both have experienced this, right? People who just won't let things go. Mm-hmm. And that is something that can, you know, it, it, that is something that can backfire. Mm-hmm. And Kat, this happens all the time, I feel like, with equity. Equity is such a big thing, and it's a big part of compensation packages in different ways. So equity in a public company is usually given as RSUs, which mm-hmm. are restricted stock units, which means like, Kat, every year as part of your bonus, I'm going to give you a hundred restricted stock units that are each worth $50 and they will vest over a four-year period. Mm-hmm. I use it as a retention tool. Every every year you have a chunk of them that become your money that you you can sell that stock, put the money in the bank and you know, stockbrokers don't get all over me for this. No cost for you. Mm-hmm. If it's a private company, they give you options, which means you own a teeny piece of the company if something ever happens to it. Usually those have a value. Usually it's relatively small per share, but you can't take those options and sell them at any given point. No, not unless they've been vested and you've purchased them. As they vest, mm-hmm. you then have the ownership of them. Mm-hmm. And if there is an event, you can purchase them. Uh But you can't just go and purchase them without an event. 
So let's talk about an event. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. An event meaning if the company gets bought, mm-hmm. if you leave the company, you often have the option to purchase your vested options. You leave the unvested options gone. On the table, right? On the table. If the company goes public, those options turn into actual stock units. Mm-hmm which are then have a monetary value and you can sell when they are owned by you. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty complicated, but I will have people constantly who are at public companies want me to buy out their options. Yeah. It's not going to happen by my little startups. It does not happen in most situations. No. You know, I have seen exceptional negotiators mm-hmm. and I'm talking top 3%. This mm-hmm. this friend of mine that I mentioned earlier, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've done at least a thousand hires in my career mm-hmm. and she is the the top negotiator that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And she's also, you know, she's also a major A player and brilliant and strong people skills. And there's a reason she was able to get it because she's worth it. Right. But I bet she's not low to mid-level. No, no. She's a, she's an executive. Yes. She's, she's now a VP. Yes. And the executive negotiating. This is happening at the director level. And I have no mm-hmm. idea what her compensation is. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> I'm sure. I would say the process is the same, but the options are higher in ter- options, meaning what you can get are higher yep. at the executive level, level generally, mm-hmm. um, especially at bigger companies. Yeah. There's more wiggle room, right? At mm-hmm. the executive level. Which, yes, is not fair because they make more money and, you know, what about us little people? But let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. But usually a small company is aren't going to buy out your options. Again, it's a retention tool. When I have someone who's in that position, they say, but I need $50,000 to buy out my options. I'm going to say no because mm-hmm. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're not awesome. It's that I can't do that. And so you have to hear what they can and can't do. And you have to be able to say, well, this is what I need to be able to sign and feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. Here's where we're missing and see what they come up with, but also come up with some suggestions. Mm-hmm. So you also have to be ready to walk away mm-hmm. from the situation. If, if, you know, if it's not, if it's not going to come together to meet your basic needs, you have to be ready to walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, say your demands or, you know, say what you want. One piece is also say why. So you offered me this. I want this because I talked to these three competing companies and they're paying this mm-hmm. for this position. This is why I want that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just asking for market value. Yes. Or above market value because I'm worth it because I'm a salesperson and I've killed it for the last few years. So I want to be paid more than your average salesperson. Uh Whatever your reasoning is, have it so Uh that you can say it, but don't say it like an ass. No. Again, that goes back to (laughs) be kind, be courteous, be polite, be be pleasant to work with throughout the process because if you're not that red flag is going to be sent over to the person who's going to be your manager. And you're going to, you know, even if they hire you, you're going to walk into the situation with several red flags and it's just not a good way to start a job. Trust me. No. So yeah. Cause if I go to either the recruiter or the hiring manager, I want this, or I'm not coming to your company. You, you need to give me this. 
if it's the crew I'm going to the hiring manager, wow, they are demanding and super rude. If I'm the hiring manager, why do I want to have a jerk on my team? Mm -hmm. It's not going to win for you. Liz and I both have seen offers be rescinded based Mm -hmm. on the way a candidate has ball busted their negotiation at the end, at the final. An offer can be rescinded at any point before the the line is signed. Mm -hmm. Yes. So know that. And so, hey, hiring manager, you know, right now I'm at this. I was really hoping to be at that because this is the data I have behind it. And I was looking for a 10% raise and I am going to be commuting an extra 20 minutes. And I just, that would make me feel really great. And I'm super excited about, Mm -hmm. about working for you. Yes. You know, even lead with that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you think it's the perfect job for you, go ahead and say it. Mm -hmm. Then, Then go ahead and say what you need again. Yes. Kat, do you negotiate with more than one company at once? Like this hardcore negotiation? It's not a best practice. It's not no. a best practice. When, when you're shopping offers, uh, you know, a seasoned hiring person, I'm not just talking about a seasoned recruiter. Mm-mm. I'm talking about a seasoned manager, someone who has been in the game before they know it and it leaves a really bad taste. So if you're, if you're negotiating hard, just do it with one company at a time. Do not shop offers. It's so rude. And, and here's the thing. Your career is a decades. (laughs) Everyone you encounter, you might be encountering again. You might, you might be dealing with someone who's much more junior than you right now, but 20 years from now, they could be the VP Mm -hmm. in the next role that you want. And guess what? They're not going to forget that you've been a little bit of an asshole to them. And one of these days, very soon, we're going to do the, you can't coach assholes episode. Yay. But I have had people put candidates in front of me. Hey, have you heard of this person or have you Mm -hmm. ever, oh yeah, I've talked to them. We're not going to call them because of how they, they acted. Now I want to make it super, super clear. You can interview with as many companies as you want at a time. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're saying at all. You can actively interview for sure. But through that process, because you're asking all your good questions and you're thinking about things, you have a first choice, second choice, third choice, let's say. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you get offers from one, two, and three. You negotiate with your first choice, not the second and the third. So So you can simultaneously look at different things, but when it comes to the end, you're doing first choice first because it gets back and it gets ugly if you're negotiating and playing them off each other. And and your career is long. So play mm-hmm. it right. Yes. Play it smart. So I just wanted to make it clear. Like you, you can look at different things all together, but at the end, when you're asking for stuff and especially asking for exceptions, it's only with one company because if you get what you want or close to what you want, you are signing. Once I start to back and forth with you, you're signing if I get it for you. The only you, time you're walking is if I don't. And if, yeah. And if you don't sign after all that back and forth, again, people have memories that mm-hmm. go way back. Yeah. Oh, and if you negotiate hard and then negotiate an extra long time to really close out your current role and then you don't come to the company, you suck. <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. Because don't forget you know, people forget about the implications of their decisions. So if I've negotiated with you, with your company, 
And then I accept the job. And then I've got four weeks before I start. You've stopped recruiting. You've turned off the other candidates. It's done. You're reliant on me to start in four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't start, you're back at square one. Yeah. I mean, it's really impacting so much more than just you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's always important to realize what, you know, and to ask yourself, what impact is this going to have on others? Because there's, yeah. there's a whole team that's been involved in working really hard to get you the best offer they can mm-hmm. and then putting the position on hold and, mm-hmm. and having to start from zero is not, not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So again, you just don't want to be difficult that that's difficult. And as much as possible, you want to be easy to work with. And you don't want to burn a bridge. And, and whoever told you, you know, th- I, I hear this, but if I'm easy, I'm a, pu- I'm a pushover. No, no. If you're easy to work with, you're a delight. And, and whoever told you to be difficult, it's bad advice. Yeah, really bad. And it doesn't mean that if they totally lowball you, because it has happened, mm-hmm. you know, you asked for 75 and they offer you 50, you don't have to be like, okay, because I'm nice. No, 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 no. We're not saying 75. You get yes. 75. We're, we're, we're encouraging you to walk away. That's an insult. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're currently at 75 and someone offers you 50, even at a startup to make, to no. go that low, no. if, if you're at 175 and someone offers you 150, that's somewhat of an insult mm-hmm. unless there's a huge amount of options. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, look at the big picture and the whole package. I've seen people take huge base salary, uh, decreases Mm -hmm. for the upside, for the opportunity, for maybe a career opportunity for the next level up. I've seen it happen time and time again. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Sometimes it works out (laughs) and sometimes it doesn't because there's, there's risk involved with Mm -hmm. a startup company, but guess what? There's risk involved in every company at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing is guaranteed. Mm -mm. That's why people don't, most people don't spend 30 years in one company anymore. It's just, it's a different, it's not, it's not the same employment market that, that it was for your parents or your grandparents. It's just (laughs) not, it's, it's 2018. Yeah. So that's why your career is long. Be kind, be firm. But again, you're ready to walk if you have to walk. Know Um, your worth. And if you mm -hmm. doubt your worth, go work with someone Mm -hmm. to help you to find your worth. Yep. Ask around. What else? What haven't we discussed? We talked about equity. We talked about options. We talked about not being an asshole. We always. At the end of the day, when you sign on that paper, feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And feel like when you compromise on something, make sure that it's something that you're okay with compromising. Before you sign that paper. Before you sign that paper. Check in with yourself and make sure you're mm-hmm. good with it. Yep. And if you're not, turn to someone you trust. Mm-hmm. Turn to your personal board of advisors, someone mm-hmm. that you trust who who knows you well enough and someone who can be objective and and, and you can lay out the offer and 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 say that it's X, Y, and Z, but I just don't feel good about it. But on your list of non-negotiables, there should be a part of it that is around compensation. And again, we talk about total compensation, base, bonus, vacation policy, benefits, perks, all of that. You know, whatever it is that you need to be able to succeed. And if they don't check the box on the majority of those. 
it's not a good move for you. It's not the right fit. Uh, one thing that I didn't say or that we didn't talk about, we talked about bonuses and and dip, bonuses are different at different companies and they'll tell you your target bonus percentage. And that's usually 99% of the time not negotiable. I have people try to negotiate for higher bonuses a lot. You can't. It's a band for a certain level. So individual contributors are at 10% and managers are at 15 and directors and above are at 20. I can't change. You can't change that, but you have to look at it at total compensation and know that it is not guaranteed. It's based usually on company, group, Mm -hmm. and individual performance. So make sure that your base covers your basic needs and don't make a move with bonus uh, potential. Yeah. Even though, I mean, Liz and I have worked for companies that paid fabulous bonuses. Yes. But not every company does. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your base is going to cover your basic needs. And that bonus is something that you can sock away or put toward Mm -hmm. a vacation or whatever, that it's Mm -hmm. not going to cover your basic needs. Yes. And in sales, it's usually very strict bands. We pay all of our inside salespeople this percent base, this percent bonus, and these are the numbers. And the way you get more money is by beating your number. So it's funny with sales, you can try to negotiate, but sometimes sales Mm -hmm. is just non-negotiable because everybody has the same base and bonus and the variable comes in killing it. Plan is the plan. It depends on how you do. And so for sales compensation, it's important to know what your target is going to be. So are you going to be expected to sell a million dollars worth of product, $10 million worth of product? Mm -hmm. What did your territory do last year? Mm -hmm. So that you can get an idea of how big a mountain you have to climb. But know that the numbers there are very rarely negotiated because they're usually the same across companies. If the company wasn't in business last year... You don't have that historical, but there's more risk there. So keep Mm -hmm. that in mind. The younger the startup, the more risk involved. You have to look at who is your market and what is the deal cycle? Is it a six-month sale? Is it an 18-month sale? What's in the queue? What's not? If it's an early-stage startup and you're starting from zero, you might have a really lean year before you have a really not lean year. Mm -hmm. And so are you willing to do that? And is your base compensation going to make you not able to pay your mortgage? Mm -hmm. If so, not the right time for you to take that job. Mm -hmm. And so know what the projected sales are and make your decision accordingly. But understand your risk profile going in by asking really good questions about variable and about commissions and things like that. I think we've covered most everything that we thought of, but we know that you might have some questions that we didn't answer. So send us your questions. I think that's it. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any other questions about negotiating a job offer, let us know and we will loop back with you. Happy negotiating. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and real job talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. 
My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, and on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Consult, and on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. 